Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from Naughty Shaman headquarters and it is Halloween. Welcome to Spooky Town. I love this time of year. In fact, my whole family loves this time of year. We're getting ready right now for a giant neighborhood celebration of insanity and chocolate bars and Halloween costumes and face paint and I can't wait. And um, we love this holiday so much that, you know, the kids try on the Halloween costumes for weeks. I often find them like doing homework in werewolf outfits and crazy doll outfits. And it's just an absolute joyful time of year to play with masks, to play with being zombies, to talk about scary stuff. And we love watching scary movies too. I'm probably like one of those bad moms. I think I have probably the only children. Well, I know I don't because I have awesome friends, but there's a few of us that have these kids that have seen like Insidious 1, 2, and 3. And we love it. We love jumping out of our skin in these scary movies. And then we go screaming through the house and then giggle in a giant pile. And um, there's nothing more fun than a little bit of fear in this household around this time of year. So this whole season has gotten me thinking about fear and the role it plays in our lives. There are so many different roles that fear can play in our lives. And fear kind of gets a bad rap, you know? It's like a misunderstood beast, a misunderstood monster out there in the dark. And so I've been thinking about three things about fear that I want to share with you tonight. Um, So one thing that I've noticed about fear is that it can be incredibly fun. Like there's something so exhilarating and life-affirming about a little bit of fear about dancing on the edge of what's appropriate, what's a little scary, what is going to make me jump out of my skin in this movie. There is nothing that makes our heart pound and our palms sweat than being a little bit afraid. It's such a wonderful experience. Um, Those precious moments in relationships, at work, in our family lives, where we're taking risks and don't know how it's going to end, don't know what's lurking behind the door. So that part of fear is incredibly exhilarating and life-affirming, and and we love it and celebrate it a lot in this house. The second thing that I've noticed about fear is that it can be incredibly motivating. Fear can be like your BFF when you're not looking. Fear was hardwired into our brains way back in the day, our mammalian brains and our amygdala, to help alert us when something wanted to eat us. And so we would get these like spidey senses, our our hair would go up on the back of our necks and we would get this like nervous feeling in our skin and adrenaline would start pumping through our system because it was time to run people or else something was going to come and get us. Now, most of us aren't living in caves. And so this fear doesn't get used appropriately very often, but I did have an experience shortly after my divorce where I noticed this fear, this um, kind of fight or flight fear creeping through my system and it was incredibly useful. So here's the story about that. For weeks, I couldn't sleep. And I didn't know. I'm like, gosh, am I depressed after my divorce? Why am I not sleeping? Am I worried about this? What am I worried about? It was sort of this non-local fear, and I couldn't quite identify it. So I started to journal and write and figure out why I was up in the middle of the night. What I discovered is that I was actually afraid about money, of all things. So many people worry about this, and here I was worrying about it. It was so cliche, and it was so true. And I couldn't figure out where the money was coming from, where it was going to, what was I going to be able to do with my business? What was I going to be able to do with my home? And rather than solve the problem for a couple of days, I just sort of lingered in this weird fear place. But once I was able to name it, oh, I'm afraid about not having money and I don't know where my money is. Once I named it, 
then I could go into problem-solving mode. And nothing makes us feel more powerful than going into problem-solving mode. But it's when we refuse to have the courage to look at what's making us fearful, we can't problem-solve a non-local fear. If I'm just afraid and I don't know of what, there's nothing I'm going to do about that except for lose more sleep. So when you can start to name the fear, then you can start to problem solve. And guess what? The fear goes away. So then I was able to take a look at my finances. I was able to take a look at my bank statements. I hired a financial planner. I hired a business coach. And solving the problem brought my fear to rest. But the fear was incredibly motivating. Without that fear, I might have like lingered in la-la land for way too long. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about fear is a more um, insidious. I love saying that word, the more insidious way that fear works in our lives. And it is as a derailer. Fear is such a derailer. Now I know in our spiritual communities, it's like fear becomes the devil and, and, and goodness and trust become the light. And we're supposed to annihilate fear and never have fear. And I don't find that to be true or real. Fear is a part of our reality. And I think it's learning to become best friends with fear that we're then able to work in a full way with all of life. But in order to do that, we do need to understand how fear can derail us. And in my experience, there are two primordial fears that we're carrying around with us, often on an unconscious level, and for some of us on a conscious level. So I want to draw your attention to these two primordial fears and then offer some rerouting techniques for how to reroute this fear and and make it useful to you, make it motivational to you. So the first of the primordial fears that I want to talk about actually comes from the heroine's journey. So last week we talked about the journey of the hero and the heroine, how they're somewhat similar and very different. So the journey of the heroine, if you remember, she is in a dependent world and she's got to find her way to independence by accepting and discovering who she is. For the feminine, the question that takes the feminine inside all of us, the men and the women, this feminine energy begins its journey with this question. What is it that I want to do that is separate from what others expect and want me to do? Bam, that is a serious question. What do I want to do separate of what others expect me to do or want me to do? So many of us, men and women, are conditioned into people-pleasing, and that this is the right way to be. In fact, it's touted as one of the greatest things that you could ever be is selfless and a martyr. And in some ways, it's very dangerous and holds us into what I would call a spiritual infancy. But when the heroine can ask, what is it that I want? When she can ask, what is it that I want? Then she is taking a brave step into becoming a spiritual adult. So this journey is of psychological independence. She is stepping her way into the very powerful place of I am. Now in this journey, she's got some incredible risks to face, right? Like all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I know you expected these things and needed me to fulfill these roles. And the life of the village depended on me doing these X, Y, Z things, but I'm going to go ahead and do these things. There's a tremendous risk there that the kingdom will fall apart behind her. Because if she was a cog in a wheel, and now that cog is saying, no thanks, then the wheel has to find another way to roll. Do you know what I mean? So there's an incredible risk when she says, this is what I'm going to do for me. Then she runs a terrible risk of our first primordial fear, which is being unloved. She risks letting everyone down 
and walking alone into the wilderness unloved. Now this fear, many of us understand on an intimate level. It's one that we run from all the time. And in our running from, what we do is create this brilliant and elaborate set of masks, like Halloween masks, that we can wear over and over and over again, given our situation. We turn into chameleons, being masters of reading the room and becoming what other people need or want, and then learning how to please them. And in this way, the feminine, if it stays in its infancy, can become incredibly manipulative and not quite whole. Worse than that, the feminine never feels seen or loved. Because imagine, here's you, this wholesome little mixed array of qualities, like a seed inside of a pod. And everyone is interacting with the pod. No one is interacting with the seed. Because that's what it's like. We create these facades. We create these masks. Everyone in our lives are are interacting with these masks and not us. And so there's a part of us in our soul that knows this. There's a part of us that simultaneously yearns for being seen and is absolutely terrified of it. Worse than if you were watching a scary movie, terrified of being seen, of being that vulnerable. So this is the journey of the feminine, is to allow herself to be seen in her natural, natural state. So here's the workaround for that. So to reroute this fear of, oh my gosh, I'm not lovable. The workaround has to be this. We have to trick our minds into seeing that when we put all these masks around us, these avatars of who we really are, then we are allowing people to love the avatar and we have no love anyway. No love is coming in the front door. You know what I'm saying? So when we can realize that our fear of not being lovable is actually creating us not being loved, then we can start to take risks into being vulnerable and allowing our real self to be discovered and seen. So that's the workaround for the feminine fear, the primordial fear, number one, of not being loved. Now, the second primordial fear that I want to talk about actually comes from the hero's journey in our masculine energy, all of us, men and women, in our masculine energy. So the hero's question, the question that takes the hero, the masculine energy on journey into spiritual adulthood is this. The question for the masculine is, could I survive out there in the great big world just as I am or am I to stay clinging to the safety and nurturing of my mother's world for fear of dying out there. So the masculine in this question, his fear is right there. He's afraid of dying. It's this egoic death, the death of who we were, the death of life the way it was, the death of all of the way it used to be is absolutely terrifying for the masculine energy. So the question that takes the masculine's journey is, Can I survive out there in the great big world? Or am I going to cling to the safety and nurturing of my mother for fear of death? When the hero doesn't go on journey, they stay in spiritual infancy. And the world around them becomes very dangerous and scary. And instead of embodying the archetype of the hero, our masculine energy embodies the archetype of the coward. And we never go on journey and never grow into full mature spiritual adulthood. 
where we realize that we can and must shape our reality. So the journey of the masculine is a journey of physical independence, of remembering the capacity and capability that we have. Now, the hero risks a lot, too. I mean, this isn't just easy for the hero to go off and leave everything that he has known and discover if he can, because there's the risk that he might not be able. It's the risk of losing, the risk of being made a fool, and the risk of the death of the ego. That is the risk. That is what's at risk when the hero decides to take the brave step to go on journey. And because that fear is so deeply ingrained in us, this fear of not losing, this fear of death, that many, many people never go on journey to discover what they're capable of. Many people are locked in a place of playing it safe and being nurtured by their quote-unquote parents, their mother the mother of their corporation, the mother of their ways of being, the mother of their ancestral beliefs, the way that it has been for eons. They are locked in that, and there's a safety and a belonging there. But for us to go into spiritual adulthood, we have to break free from those bonds and discover what is it that we are capable of and slay the evil of ignorance. That's the hero's journey right there. So our primordial fear number two is that fear of death, the fear of the death of the way it was. Now that fear causes us to do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And one of my favorite things that I see out there and that I partake in when I get afraid is numbing. We don't want to take this risk. We don't want to go out there and risk failure or worse, making a fool of ourselves or death of the ego. So we'll stay in a place that isn't comfortable or necessarily nurturing for our soul. And we start to die anyway. And here's the workaround, the rerouting of this fear is this realization. When you can see that by not going on journey, by not risking dying, that you are in fact dying, your soul is dying anyway, your inaction is causing a lifelessness, a zombie-like quality comes over you, like the zombies we love in movies, but worse, it's your real life. I've had moments of zombie living, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, it feels like something's dying inside. And it took all of my courage and all of my strength to fight for my soul, to discover what I was made of, to take risks, to see if I could live life under my turn, my terms. It takes an incredible amount of courage, but once I realized, wow, I'm afraid of trying and failing and dying. But if I don't try, I'm dying anyway. So might as well try. So that was the little workaround that got me out of the cave of my fear. And I want to share that with you because now is the time for this. You know, we're, if you look around, it is like Night of the Living Dead, The Walking Dead out there. There are a lot of people, when you find their eyes, the lights are off. The lights are off. And it's a sad state for a soul because each of us, every single soul here on the planet, came here for a reason. Some people came here to embody the zombie energy so that we could see it as ourselves as a mirror and be motivated to go on journey. So they're holding that energy of lifelessness very graciously for us as a mirror so that we can remember that we have a choice to choose life, to take the risk, to take off the masks, to choose not to be a zombie. We're coming upon a time where we are asked to make choices now. 
We are getting mirrors provided all the time of if we want to live in fear, because if you turn on the TV, it's right there. You can drink fear all day long if you want. And you can stay a zombie and you can hide behind the Halloween masks and you will experience a life with a tremendous amount of lifelessness. Or you can make the brave choice to try to choose to find the places to work around the fear, to work with the fear, to use that fear to motivate you, to use those mirrors as a choice point to not live digesting that and go out in the world and make a difference because now's the time for us to create. And we can't do that when we're cowering the cave of our fathers and our mothers. We have to come into our spiritual adulthood. We have to come out into the light and try Try on new ways of being and discover the I am of the feminine and try on the new, exciting, risky behaviors of the masculine. Discover what we are capable of because only in that journey will we become creators at our fullest potential. And that, my friends, is what we are here to do. That's it. So this Halloween, I invite you to go put on some plastic masks and paint your face, cover yourself with your fear, dress up like it, dress up like what terrifies you. And let that be the reality, that it's just a mask. And then after Halloween is done, take it off. Take off the fear. Have a good laugh. And hug those that support you. That's what we do when we watch scary movies around here. And that's what I love to think about when we have Halloween. So enjoy this time. And don't forget the workarounds. Find that courage. Ten minutes of courage is all it takes. And your life will be different. So enjoy the season. Enjoy the coming of fall. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you tonight about um, fear and my favorite time of year, Halloween. So if you like tuning into this and you've got some folks that you know are wrestling with fear, please share this with them. They're not alone. We all are. And there are definitely ways to overcome it. All right, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. This is Natalie Griffin signing off from Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the wild in everything. Enjoy the Halloween season. Ciao.